Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. We are really excited for this episode. You're probably going to hear me say on most episodes, this is my favorite thing (laughs) to talk about. But this one really is the, the, the focus of today's episode. And it's so important. And yet, Melissa and I talk about this all the time. Like we never hear it really talked about. Yeah, it's not a conversation that I hear I hear a lot of people having, but it's so great. So. And the research shows that it's like one of the most meaningful things you can do for your children and for your family to like really help your kids see who they are. And so this today's episode is all about family roots. And it's this idea of like, where do we come from? And one of my favorite quotes as it relates to this is by Steve Jobs. And he said, we never connect the dots looking forwards. We always connect the dots looking backwards. Like all the answers are in the past, but it's pretty rare for us, especially in today's fast-paced world, to ever really pause and reflect on our past and connect those dots. But to really know who we are today and where we're headed, it's like to understand like where we where have we come from. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't seem important really to take the time to do it, but as we'll show you today, it really is. Yeah, it's, and for me, like I I can honestly say that like family history and getting in touch with my roots in some ways saved my life. It definitely changed the trajectory and the course of my life. And if you remember from, you know, if you listen to mine and Melissa's first episode, we, we talked about when we were separated and ultimately decided, you know, we want to be married and we, we came back together and I moved back into the house and, but it wasn't magically transformed overnight. When we say things were better, maybe like 51, 49, <laughs> but we were committed, but I was still really lost personally. It's like my direction in life and what I wanted to do. And and I remember being in the office at the house we lived in at that time. And I look up in the bookshelf and I see this book and it was a l- laminated book with this like plastic binding on it. And it was a book that my great grandmother had given me when I was in, I think high school. And it was a book about our family history. And I don't keep track of anything like that. Like I, it's a miracle that I even drug that thing around with me for all those years. And I'd never cracked it open because in high school, the last thing I wanted to do was read stories of old dead people. Yeah. Great gift, grandma. <laughs> And little did I know the amazing gift she was actually giving me, but I just felt really called for some reason to grab that book that night and pull it off the shelf. And I opened it up and I think it started back like my fourth great grandfather and great grandmother. And I just started reading story after story after story of these men and women. I couldn't put it down. And it was stories of men and women who like sacrificed everything and like came to Arizona when it was a desert and there was nothing here and, you know, came to this country and couldn't speak the language. And these people are like the ultimate creators, like the ultimate like entrepreneurs and weren't afraid to take risks. And and I read it and I was just like, it just something resonated with me and like spoke to me like at a really deep, soulful level. Like this is who you are. Like you are meant for more. Like you are capable of doing so much more. These are your people. Like this blood flows through your veins. And it just was super inspiring to me. Like, wow. And then interestingly enough, I'm named after my great, great, great grandfather, Christopher Layton. I always know, knew I was named after him. There's a statue of the guy in my hometown, but again, no interest at all in ever <laughs> learning anything about him. And so he wasn't in that book. So then I went and started researching him and I was like, holy cow, this guy like started three towns, Leighton, Utah, Gaysville, Utah, Thatcher, Arizona. 
he made money selling, buying horses for a dollar and then selling them for like $25 to the government in the gold rush. It was like the ultimate like entrepreneur, which got me really excited. And then he used some of that wealth to buy a ship and sell across the ocean back to England and load up like 250 of his closest family and friends and pay for their passage to America. And I was like, man, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) But it really was inspiring. It was like, if this guy can like start three towns and buy a ship and sell across the ocean, I can start a business. (laughs) And it's just, yeah, it's just really, really inspiring to me. And yeah. And we've, falling in love with like these stories and sharing them with our kids. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting that, you know, your kids can just sit there for as long as you will talk to them and listen to these stories of their ancestors. And even just, well, some stories about when Chris and I were growing up and they're just captivated by these stories. There's something about them that just calls to them. Yeah. Like Melissa and I talk about this all the time that when we talk to our kids about family history or family stories, ours, our parents, or even farther back, I don't know if there's anything else that we do that captivates them like that, where they'll just sit there for hours and ask questions and listen and like no distractions. They're not trying to get up and leave the room or asking when it's going to be over. Because again, I just think it speaks to them like I'm part of that. Like whatever that is, it's just ultimate truth. Yeah. We get tired of talking way before <laughs> they're tired of listening. Um, so I want to talk about this article that we love. It's so good. You'll have to, we'll link it and you'll have to read the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, the show notes. I want to actually read the whole thing, but I think that would be lame for a podcast. So you'll just have to go look it up. But so out of this, this article is called The Stories That Bind Us. And it's all about this very thing. And it's very like research-based and like really well-written and, and well done. Um, so out of this article, it says that the single most important thing you can do for your family is to develop a strong family narrative. Such a big statement. The single most important thing you can do for your family is to develop a strong family narrative. And then it talks about the three different types of family narratives that there are. And these are good. So I'm just going to read these. So first is the ascending family narrative. Son, when we came to this country, we had nothing. Our family worked. We opened a store. Your grandfather went to high school. Your father went to college. And now you, you know, it's bigger, better. Yeah. And the second is the descending narrative. Sweetheart, we used to have it all. And then we lost everything. (sighs) And then the most, but the most healthful narrative, according to their research, is the third one. It's called the oscillating family narrative. And it goes, dear, let me tell you, we've had our ups and downs. We've built businesses your mother was on the board of the hospital, but we've also had setbacks. Your uncle was once arrested. We had a house burned down, etc. But no matter what happened, we always stuck together as a family. I just really love this idea of teaching our kids this. You know, we've had our ups, we've had our downs, but, you know, we together, like, we're a family no matter what. And then also in this article, there is some research about what that would look like, like for a kid to know their family history. So they play this game as part of the research. They play this game with some families and the game is called, do you know? And it's just a series of questions that they, that they asked. And it was like, do you know where your grandparents grew up? Do you know how your parents met? Do you know where they went to school? Just these like simple little questions. And they found from the research that the more children knew about their family's history, the stronger their sense of control over their lives, the higher their self-esteem and the more successfully they believed their families functioned. The do you know scale turned out to be the best single predictor of children's emotional health and happiness. 
Say that again. <laughs> I know. It's so crazy. So the scale, like these questions. And Based on how much they this, knew. Yeah. Like the, the children that knew the most about their family and they weren't complicated things. It was just like simple questions. That scale turned out to be the single, the best single predictor of children's emotional health and happiness. What's interesting is they say that the, they did this research just like two months prior to 9-11. And so they went back like a few months after 9-11, which they said from a research standpoint was so interesting because everyone had experienced the same like kind of trauma. And the kids that had scored the best on the Do You Know game were recovering emotionally emotionally recovering faster from the effects of 9-11 than the others that hadn't anyway it's so so interesting to see like that this work and this these conversations they're more than just stories yeah they really do like that that idea of wanting to raise children who know who they are love who they are believe in who they are clearly the research shows that like the more they know about their family it shapes that like it shapes their sense of identity and like emotional well-being and resiliency and you think about that i think I don't, I don't know what kid doesn't want to be proud of like their family's name. Like I, I've, today I want to be proud of my family's name. Mm-hmm. But to some degree, it's like, well, what is our family's name? Right? Like sometimes we can decide generation one, like today, what our family's name is, but what has it been? You know, and the interesting thing though, some, some people might be saying, yeah, but what if my, what if our family narrative isn't a great one? Yeah. Like what if our roots are filled with a lot more uncertainty and darkness and sadness and despair than they are light? And what I found is, you know, any of us go and look at our family history, you're going to find the horse thief or the <laughs> the person you're not proud of. And yeah, it exists in every, in every family story. But if you look far enough, you're going to find a story or stories of people who, who were, who were inspiring. But here's the thing too, about your past. When Steve Jobs says, you know, we connect the dots looking backwards. It's not because we're looking backwards and all these things are always great and like super rosy and inspiring. Sometimes we're connecting the dots because of maybe just as much who we don't want to be or what we don't want to stand for. But this idea that our past has shaped us, but it doesn't have to define us, I think is a really critical distinction mm-hmm. to make here. And sometimes we're we're drawing on that strong family narrative that's already been in place and then asking, what can we do to build on it? And other times we're, we're recognizing that there's a family narrative in place that hasn't served us and we're picking up the pen and becoming the authors of the story and writing a new one. Yeah. One of my uh, friends that I've had the opportunity to, to become friends with, that was his situation. So he calls his his holding company for his uh, businesses Gen One. It's like you know we are like we are the first generation of what it means to be right. Our last name. Yeah, I love that. So some ideas, you know, there's so many when we're talking about. We've given you some ideas, you know, like just telling your kids stories about when you were when you were young. You know how you can really bring this home and really apply this in your life. There's so many different things you can do. Um, other things that we've done are if you've ever seen the movie Coco, it's, it's a really cute little Disney movie that it's all about family. It's really profound though. It's (laughs) easy to watch it and just be like, Oh, that's such a cute movie. And the music's awesome. But like, if you really, when you understand this research and watch that movie, it's like, there's a profound message in there. Yeah. And it's all, um, yeah, so if you haven't seen it, it's about it's about this little boy that he that sounds kind of morbid actually. <laughs> he goes <laughs> he goes and he visits his family that has died and they they're on this he's still alive but he gets trapped there and they're on this quest to like bring him back to earth, I guess. Um But he's really searching for to find who he is, too. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he, he actually goes to his pat. Yeah. But they have, they have what they, so at his home, they have what's called their ofrenda and their ofrenda is where they have pictures of all, all of their ancestors on this ofrenda. And I had a friend a couple of years ago who invited us to a Dia de los Muertos party. Muertos. Muertos. And which is, which is day of the dead in Spanish. Um, and culturally that's, you know, where this is based. And we all were, she asked us all to bring a picture of an, one of our ancestors and to tell us like a brief story about them. So I prepared pictures of all the ancestors, all of all, well, all of our kids are named, their middle name is after an ancestor. So I had, I prepared all these pictures and everyone had the picture of their ancestors they were holding. And we just, we brushed up on the stories of these ancestors so they could share them. And, you know, we did that that night and then we came home and I had all these pictures and picture frames. And I was like, what am I going to, what am I going to do with all of these? You know? And I was like, well, what if, what if I had like a little, what if we created a little ofrenda like in our, in our house? And so it just kind of happened by accident. I just kind of threw them up you know, on, on a little table that we had and I actually really love it. Yeah. They've been up ever since. Yeah. And the kids know, like sometimes I'll go in there with one of the kids and we'll just talk about like who this person is and what they did. And, and, you know, they're all connected to them because they're, it's who are my kids are named after. And it's just like a visual reminder of, of these amazing people, amazing stories. I saw Melissa just the other day, our three-year-old Indy is named uh, Indy May Smith after Melissa's great grandma, Dicey May Brimhall. And it's funny because from what we know about Dicey May's story, she was very independent. She was like the first woman in her town to go to college. Mm-hmm. First woman in her town to like become a teacher at the school. Didn't get married till much later in life, which was not the norm. Just kind of like the feeling we get, she's very independent and did like what she, she was who she wanted to be. Yeah. And she, she passed away when my grandma was only three. And so, you know, we didn't, I didn't have the opportunity to meet her much less, you know, her own daughter didn't even have the opportunity to meet her. So. But oddly enough, you've said you've always felt like this real connection to her. Yeah. And so when Indy was born, we were choosing some, trying to choose between different names for her first name. And she decided to come when I was out of town. And so we're like, well, she's independent. Like, <laughs> we'll have to tell that story sometime. And she is very independent. So, and then Melissa's like, well, I want an Indy May, right? Like after Dicey May. And so we've told, you know, Indy, and we've told all of our kids, but I think it's funny because she's she's only three and we've told her about Indy, you know, we told her about Dicey May. And the other day I'd asked her about, hey, who are you named after? And she said, Dicey May. And I was asking her about Dicey May and she was just like, she was the first one to go to college. She's the first one to be a go teacher. Like she's, <laughs> she knew some of Dicey May's story and you can tell like she's proud to be like, that's who I'm named that's after. That's my great grandma. Yeah. Um, my great, great grandma, I guess for her. Yeah. So some other ideas of like how to really apply this in your family would be um, going and talking to people in your family that are older than you, that are still, you know, obviously still living, but are older than you. So that have a different experience of of what life has been like being a Smith or, you know, whatever your last name is. Yeah. This exercise has actually had a lot of people go have conversations with their parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles that they never would have. And they've been some really meaningful conversations. Like, you know, we encourage them to go ask, Hey, if there was stories that you would want to make sure passed on, what would those stories be? If there's values that you would want to make sure stay in the family, like what would those values be? 
Yeah, no, I I would have never thought to ask that, but such great questions and information and connection. Like, I think that's another big part of this is this connection. Yeah, I think a lot of um, some of the benefits that came out of this article and other articles we read is that w- when your children know these stories, it fosters a greater sense of connection, resiliency, and self-worth. Mm-hmm. And then I think another thing that we've done that's been fun is, and this is one of the things that we actually really encourage families to do, that before you go create your mission statement, your vision statement, your values, that do some family history research first, because you might get some ideas from from real stories of real people that'll shape your mission, vision, values. And so we've linked each of our mission, vision, values to, to a story of someone that we really know. So like, we believe you can be who you want to be. And it's Dicey Mabram Hall. We are committed to elevate and inspire. That's Ann Patton. Peterson Smith's do hard things is like Caleb Clark Baldwin. And so like, and so, and one of the beliefs that I have from like my business, the campfire effect is you can have a value or like a principle and it's like, it plants a seed, but until that, that principle or that value has a story attached to it, it like doesn't have roots. So like if you can have a value that's backed up by a story, maybe it's a story in your own life or your parents' life or, you know, further back, it really gives that seed and that value more roots and more depth. Yeah. And more context for why. This is important to us. Yeah. We want to carry this on. Yeah. It's not like, oh, this is just a cool value because we love it. It's like, no, this is like someone in our family, like someone that we know or someone that we know their story, their story of. And so, yeah, I just, I think for us, if anything, it's just, we want to, we talk a lot about it in the online course, but it's also just in general, we just want more people to like know about this research and this conversation that is so fascinating. And I just really think it helps you make sense of who you are by knowing, you know, about these people, knowing about these stories. And in some ways... I always felt a little bit like, because I felt like I was so entrepreneurial and I didn't fit into any one thing, I always felt a little bit like lost and a little bit like a black sheep. And, you know, sometimes even question like, man, why can't I just get a job and just like, (laughs) you know, be normal or if that was such a thing, right? For anyone. And then in reading these stories, I was like, oh, wait, maybe like, this is what I, maybe this kind of like pioneering spirit, if you will, a little bit is like really who I am. Yeah. Like you were actually were like connected to... A bigger and uh, um, research talks about that. Kids, you let me finish the thought. You were connected to something bigger than yourself, and the research talks about how yeah, when kids feel like when they know this, it's like oh, I'm part of something bigger. Yeah, and I, and even little things for me, like my my great grandfather who I love, and uh, my grandpa, you know, who I love. Like for some reason, I don't know, I don't even know where it started, but they wear lots of turquoise, and and, and did when they were alive, and bolo ties and turquoise necklaces and, and bracelets and jewelry and watches. And like, it's always been a thing for me. And I feel like now when I wear it, it just, it's that there's things like that, that keep me connected to my roots. And it reminds me of like who I am and where I come from and that legacy and that name. And like that we that we get to carry that on. And again, we truly believe the greatest gift that any of us as parents can give our children is a last name that, that stands for something. And so share Melissa, just a couple of things that also, if someone wanted to learn more about their family history and doesn't don't, don't know where to start, there's just really some simple, free resources. Yeah. First, I would say like, like we said earlier, just go start asking people in your family. That'd be a great place to start. And then, yeah, there are some websites you can do it too. Like ancestry.com is one family search.org. Uh, mm-hmm. That one, that one's actually free, a free resource where you can begin doing any type of research that you would want to do. Um, you know, there's census records on there. That's a good place to get information and I would really, since it is free and it is, it's pretty good. I would probably recommend familysearch.org to start with. And the only thing you need to have to get started is one deceased relative 
and the, the date of passing? Yeah. So you'd have to, you would create a profile and then you would kind of link. You can't really, once, once you do enter someone that because of privacy, they can't, they don't have anyone's information stored in there that's still living. But once you entered someone in your family history that has already passed away, you do have to know like a like pretty definitive like birth date or death date. So they know that they found the right match. Um, but once you enter that in the website, a lot of times it'll just pull up like a ton of information. Like it could link directly to their census record, you know, or maybe there's a magazine article that's been uploaded or it's pretty, it's pretty cool. What is possible. Yeah. We've had a lot of people that have never done any family history research that have been shocked. Like, Oh yeah, I put in one person, like you guys said, and it just all this work had already been done by their family members or census records. And I think that's sometimes what, what stops people from getting started is like, oh, it's just overwhelming. I wouldn't even know where to start. And it can be so simple, like go and talk to family relatives who are alive, right? We're doing a little bit of family re- history research online. And I just would really encourage you that, to get your kids involved. Like I can promise you that your kids will take to this and they are fascinated to know where they come from. I think it's, I think it's just an innate human like desire for all of us to know, like we search for it subconsciously or consciously, like, where do I come from? Mm-hmm. That do you know game, that would be a good a good one too. Because we did do that with our, our kids a while back and it was just, they felt like it was just a fun game. Like they got to learn, you know, to ask them the questions. Hey, do you guys know where me and dad met? You know, they would try and guess and then we'd talk about it after that in and of itself is family research and history and learning for your kids. Yeah, I think another great place to start. And I've heard this from so many other parents that their kids love when they tell them stories about when they were kids. So even starting there and just talking to your kids about when, you know, when you were a kid, but I really do believe, and I heard this quote one time that I loved so much is that our growth is found in our roots. And if you think about the analogy of that with a plant or a tree, it's like literal, like the, the growth upwards comes from like the roots below. And I think the same thing as human beings in life is that the growth in life and who we can become and what we're possible, what we're capable of, and what's possible really is, is found in our roots. And it can be such a huge part of your family's brand. And, the, and the, the other thing I would say is it, it is fascinating to me that these stories, I love the, art, the, art, the title of that article, the stories that bind us. So it's like, well, what would have a family no longer be bound together? Well, it's like we lose those stories, mm-hmm. right? Like we lose that family narrative. And I do quite a bit of work in the financial advisory space with clients with Campfire Fact. And, and we're actually starting to do some cool stuff with family brand in that industry. But it's shocking that in that industry, over 80% of all families who inherit any kind of money by the third generation, over 80% of them have lost all of the money and are completely broken apart as a family. When I first read those statistics, it just kind of, it still to this day blows my mind. It's like over 80%. And not just financially broken apart. like Relationally. Yeah. So it's like the, so the financial planning, financial advisory industry has an over an 80% fail rate. And not because anyone's doing anything wrong, but because what, and what the research shows is the reason that in three generations, over 80% of the families have lost the money or completely disconnected and broken apart as a family is the only thing being passed along is the money. Mm-hmm. They're not passing along with it. This, this, these family narratives and these family values and the family brand and what it stands for. And I think that's one of the ways that the industry could really be transformed. But you think about not just that industry, it's like, well, what happens in, in all of our lives when those narratives aren't continually you know, passed down? Do your family, do your family search, family history research. Yeah. And we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear like, if you do the, uh, do you know game with your kids and if you start to dive into this, like what your experiences are, what your questions are and, and uh, yeah, really excited for the journey that it'll take you on. You're going to love it. 
Hey there, thanks for listening to today's episode. To show our appreciation, we want to offer you a free gift. We have an incredible online course you can get now by going to familybrand.com or by following the link in the show notes. And while you're there at familybrand.com, be sure to follow us on social media so that we can go on this journey together. Lastly, if this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you share it with another powerful family in your life and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. We will see you in the next episode.